The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Montecas Jackson is a licensed mental health counselor and certified anger management specialist, specializing in individual, couples, and family therapy. He is serving Palm Beach County and maintains his private practice in Royal Palm Beach, Florida. With almost a decade of experience in the mental health, substance abuse, and social service fields, he is experienced in many areas, which include relationship issues, at-risk youth, emotional disservices, such as depression and anxiety, anger management, and substance addictions. Family, let's welcome Montegas Monte Jackson. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. Business podcast, a Mr. Monty Jackson of Starting Point Counseling. And I am so excited for him to be here. I have so many questions to ask him. Um, and I know he's about to drop some gems. So before I get into all of that, Monty, thank you for being on the Minding My Black Business podcast. It's so great to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to actually talk to me and, and find out what's going on with me and, and my black business. There you go. Come on now. All right. So <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about your business um, and then where people can find you? Sure. First off, my name is Montegas Jackson. I go by Monty just because it's a little bit easier for most people. Um, but I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um uh, certified anger management specialist and I specialize in working with adolescents and adults, whether that's individual couples or family therapy. Uh, my private practice is located in rural Palm beach, Florida. And, um, again, I, you can find me, I have a website, www.startingpointcounseling.com and starting point is with an E on the end of point. Most people might type point the normal way, but I put an E on the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have social media, which is uh, Facebook slash starting point counseling, Instagram slash starting point counseling, and Twitter slash SP counsel. So those are the um, four ways you can find me. And also the last, the last way is my phone number, which is 561-600-7482 um, text or um, calls. All right so, now. There you go. You everywhere. I love I'm it. trying. <laughs> so what I'll do is add those links to the show notes um, for those folks who happen to be, let's say, in the midst of doing two, three things and they weren't able to write that down. Um, we'll put it all there in one spot so that they can reach out to you, learn more about your practice um, and give you a call. So that would be fantastic. Um, Thank so, you. I appreciate that. Of course. Of course. Um, so what the people also need to know is that you were featured in the Huffington Post, right? One of the 15 black male therapists to know. Yes, that is correct. I, it was, it was surprising to me. Um, I was surprised it happened. I woke up one day and I looked on my feed on Facebook and it was like, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> um, you know, somebody, you know, I see my name and I was like, Oh, hi, you know, it's a picture of me right there. Like, what is this? You know, cause there's so much scamming stuff going on out there. So I was like, I don't even want to click on it. I don't want to touch it. 
But then um, I actually looked at it and I was like, oh, you know, so I, I did make it and I was, I yes. was actually elated because, you know, I'm being noticed for things I'm trying to do in the community with my practice and just, you know, actually reaching out to our communities and not even with the whole private practice and mental health, you know, come see me type counseling, but just actually giving back to the community in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it was very very humbling to be a part of that and other you know of course with the other gentlemen and i've actually connected with some of them since then that's fantastic. and so it was a very humbling experience and i was happy that's phenomenal well i'm glad you realized it wasn't a prank or a scam or a virus <laughs> <laughs> and that it is legit and you are legit absolutely uh, so i want to pick your brain about black men in therapy and um, I had an interesting, so I'm new to Twitter, like real new, like two months, three months in. And so, <laughs> and so I'm learning all these things, retweets and such, threads, all those things. So um, I had an interesting um, exchange uh, with someone on Twitter and uh, it was a black male and what we were talking about was therapy actually and um the question was posed uh to me uh like is there a difference between this person was saying that they have someone in their life that is that they consider to be like a a close confidant someone that they feel like the conversation can be confidential um and they feel like that interaction is therapeutic and what i was doing was sort of explaining the difference between you know, having a support system or having, you know, someone who you can talk to versus going to therapy and how those things are not, are completely different. And the reason why I'm bringing this to you is because I don't think I've had to have that conversation in a while. Um, and I think that's because I stay in a lot of therapy circles <laughs> with other therapists um, or people who know therapy. Um, so I don't necessarily explain therapy. Um, and so it occurred to me like, huh, Okay, that's right. There are people out there who are still getting introduced to it. So how would you how would you talk to men about what therapy is and what it's not? What would you say? Okay, I that's a great question because when I see men mm-hmm. um, in my office, they come for one of two reasons mm-hmm. in my experience. The first reason is because they're in a relationship and it's uh, going very bad, and maybe they're the cause of the you know cause of the relationship going very bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're kind of like on their last strike mm-hmm. before they mm-hmm. the, you know their significant other says I'm done. Right. Um, so that's one reason that, that men come to me, and then the other reason is because. Um, they may be dealing with a, a, a lot of uh, just life transition or just things that's going on in their life, and it could be family related also. You know, with, with the with the spouse, the spouse may not be there though, but the spouse mm-hmm. may say you need to get some help, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so they're kind of almost prompted to come by somebody else a lot of times. I can't say that's every time, but mm-hmm. majority of the time. Hmm. And those particular men that come. It's like their first time doing it or their first time actually maybe even wanting to give it a try right. and to be truthful in, in coming. So with those particular gentlemen, I take the time to educate them on what counseling really is because mm-hmm. you have a lot of misconceptions of what counseling is. And me being a African-American male myself in the field, I had preconceived notions of what counseling was even when I was a counselor, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. 
I, and I can get into that story later, but um, bottom line is I just try to let them know and educate them of what the process is and make it as normal as possible because, you know, you see depictions on TV, oh, you're going to lay on somebody's couch, and that's what they say. I don't want to come lay on anybody's couch. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you, you can lay on there, but I don't expect you to, you know, like you, right. can, you know, we're just going to have a conversation. Right. And I let them know it's like is the conversation in a sense. And to kind of let get them to let their guard down and let them understand that it is not, I'm not here to, you know, pick you for information. I'm not here to get you to say anything you don't want to say. I'm here to help you in whatever the situation is mm-hmm. and why you're here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, my main thing is to just educate them on, I'm bottom line, I'm here to help you to get wherever you want to go, mm-hmm. wherever that is. You know, I'm not here to judge you. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to, say you're you're wrong you're right you're doing i'm trying to help you to wherever you want to go and be as non-judgmental as possible mm-hmm. and non-biased as, you know and to get you there mm-hmm. and once they understand that and then you know then they also see that oh you know you, i'm a regular guy too you know i do probably a lot of the same things they do and we talk about that stuff it, it starts off very organic and and just like conversation then we actually get into what they're there for mm-hmm. and you know they basically come back and we start really working. And then at that point, we draw connections from like childhood um, experiences that, you know, they were raised a certain way, their parents treated them a certain way. They were, you know, just a lot of things that, that happened that, that they carry on through life and they really don't try to correct or think that there's anything wrong with it. And my role is to start at that point to draw the connections to help them understand that, you know, these patterns that you've had are very destructive Mm -hmm. because of the part you are in your life right now. Like it's, you're in this destructive pattern a lot of Mm times, but that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. Um, just like I said, first off, try to educate them and Mm -hmm. get them to kind of understand that, you know, I'm here to help you wherever you want to go. Yeah. You know, I find that, um, it's sort of like a fine balance as a therapist of, um, you know, doing those pieces that are so very important that you just talked about in terms of like making them comfortable, making this seem like a a safe place that you are someone that's trustworthy and consistent. Um, And at the same time, like we're coming to the table with a set of skills and a level of knowledge and expertise. Um, You know, we didn't just wake up one day and, you know, uh, start just proclaiming ourselves as therapists, um, you know, we went through a rigorous uh, set of training. And so I think sometimes when people see therapy um, projected on on movies or whatever, you know, TV shows, that it does kind of look just like a conversation. Um, but that's sort of how the therapist does it in a way that uh, it's both the science and the art. Um, yeah, we are essentially talking, those are the tools, but there's all these things that are happening in the background, you know, sort of going around in your head as you, um, are learning more about, uh, the person that you're sitting with. Um, and so I think that's the part that people don't necessarily see because how else could you see it unless you are watching somebody do, (laughs) do therapy. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you make a, you make an excellent, an excellent point. So what what do you think are some of the barriers to, um, so I know that you mentioned that men will often come in because they were told to, <laughs> or there sure. was some sort of, um, 
there was some sort of mandate that they be there um, or else, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but what, what would you think, what do you think are some of the barriers to treatment for men? Like what, what prevents them from calling oh. on their own? Okay. Here's, here's one barrier and piggybacking on what you just said. I said, um, they've been to treatment before sometimes mm-hmm. like couples treatment or, and they felt like the woman was on their wife's side or their spouse's side. So they want a man now, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and there's not many men around here. And then especially with the African-American, and I'll just use Umbrella's black community, mm-hmm. we, they want somebody that looks like them. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find anybody out here, and I know in West Palm, I'm probably one of three, mm-hmm. if that, in yeah. private practice. And maybe some other guys out here, but in private practice. Right. And if you can't find what you're looking for, then you just don't do it, you know, or you, you just agree to do it. And, but you're not really putting forth the effort. So for one, they want somebody looks like them for two. Mm-hmm. Another barrier is the fact that we don't go to counseling. Mm-hmm. We keep everything in house. We have that, like you said, that confidant we talk to, right. um, we tell all our business, oh, they're going to keep it confidence. They're not going to tell our business. But that's not necessarily the most biased information, you know, non-biased information you get from a, a friend or a family member mm-hmm. um, when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, finances can be barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, being uneducated about the counseling process is, is a huge barrier. And then also, just men in general that are not like coming because of a spouse or anything like that. If they've even been to counseling before and didn't have a good experience with a particular counselor of a different race, that's another barrier. Right. Um, so that just, you know, eliminates them. They're like, you know, I don't want to do this. I'll kind of deal with it on my own. But then they find themselves going on that slippery slope and it's, you know, before it's too late, they want to be in the, in the hospital or just doing something right. or just, you know, I need to get help now. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a last resort type of thing. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, sort of uh, treating therapy like the emergency room, huh? That they've waited to a point where right, things exactly. are really urgent uh, to come in. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I also have noticed too is that sometimes for those who um, are new to the therapy process, that it sort of can feel like they're coming in with these expectations of, "I'm going to share with you all the things that have been going on with me." And then I need you to just tell me what to do or, um, right. this, uh, <laughs> or this is only going to take like three sessions, right? Like, like, you know, some sort of like, um, their, uh, express therapy almost. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, yeah. how did you navigate that when someone comes to you just sort of ready to be fixed or ready to, you know, to have this thing eliminated from their lives? How do you navigate that part? Yeah, I, I see that a lot. But I let them know up front, like, look, therapy is not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. It is something that you need, I, I suggest, right, that they take between two, three, four sessions to really get in, into therapy and see if this works for them. I may not be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I'm not the good fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you don't give it an honest try, you will never know, right? Mm-hmm. And then you do have those people which – Excuse me. They go to therapy, they do one, two, three sessions, and you don't hear from them again. Or they do a couple sessions, 
And then a couple months later, they call you, oh, man, I'm going back through it. I'm like, I, I knew it was going to, I don't want to say I know, but I knew this was going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. That's why I said that this is something that has to happen continuously. It doesn't have and, and finances can be an issue. So I let them know up front, like, look, if finance are an issue, you tell me what you can do and we can go by that. And mm-hmm. typically, you know, we want, as a therapist, we want to start people on a week-to-week basis and then you trickle down from there. But I get it. I understand that, you know, it can't be some, for some people, they can't afford every week if they're not using their insurance. Yeah. So then it may be every other week or every third week, but I do not promote like a monthly thing starting out just because right. it's, you don't really build rapport and it's like they want to come in and pull all the issues that happen over the month and it's like you really can't get good therapy because it's like more crisis stabilization almost like they're in crisis mode every time they come in and it's hard to actually get get some real therapy and when somebody's always in a crisis absolutely you're right it is hard to get some traction when you're just dealing with the hot topic for the day as opposed to building up some skills from week to week um, so you were so absolutely correct about that. Um, so how was, so say someone is out there hearing your voice and what you're saying to them is resonating. Um, how do they get from that idea to actually sitting in your chair or, or laying on your couch? <laughs> um, what, what would be some <laughs> of the, <laughs> what would be some of the steps, um, that they would need to sort of reach out and find, find a therapist and specifically find you? What would they have to do? Um, it, it's a lot of websites out there. Most most therapists these days have a website or on some form of a third party website that are promoting them. Then it's, you know you have a social media site. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly for me, like I said, I have a website. Uh, I'm all over the internet. You Google my name, I pop up everywhere. Um, I also I'm part of I'm on Psychology Today, which that is a big. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of clients from there they just or or some i have people that just google african-american therapists in Thomas county then i pop up along with some other races but you know whatever right right um but at the same time like that that's probably the easiest way to get me um and i'm very accessible like i said um i'm on social media website internet i'm all over the place so it's, it's easy to get me but most therapists i think if they're really doing good work and they're they're um marketing themselves the right way to show people that they're out there, you can catch, you can get them also wherever you live, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. Florida or Virginia or mm-hmm. California. Um, right. Right. You know, it's. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. So part of that is, I don't think that a lot of people know about psychology today. Uh, I'm thinking about us in particular. Um, and when I say us, mm-hmm. I mean the black community and, um, so psychology today is dot uh, com is a website that has a directory in which you can do exactly those things like you know type in a city or whatever and pull up uh, a, a listing of a therapist in your area um, and then um, I, I I'm right I'm right in step with you that there are a lot of therapists that are doing a really good job and you included of just sort of be, having a big social media presence to um, you know, make therapy seem less stiff, uh, to be able to introduce yourselves to the community in ways that they wouldn't necessarily think of therapists. And so, um, 
I think you can find a lot of us there too, just as you're saying. So if someone is, let's say that they're concerned about their, their friend, their brother, their husband, um, their partner, whomever, if they're concerned about a friend, um, what, what advice would you give them? Or what, what do you think that they should do if they think that their friend might be going through something? Good question. I think that they should actually talk to the friend, mm-hmm. you know, um, and let the friend know that, you know, they, they may be willing to go. They may, you know, they can seek out a counselor for them. Mm-hmm. They may be willing to go with them for the first session because it is, you know, anxiety provoking when you go meet somebody you've never met before mm-hmm. um, and really don't know what they expect. But I, I'll give you an example. Like I had a, this was like maybe over a year ago, I had somebody contact me for a friend. The friend knew they were going to, well, they contacted me first and said, hey, I have a friend, you know, they're going through something. I I feel like they really need to see somebody. I think you'd be a good fit. If they're willing to see you, would you see them? And I was like, sure. They said, I'll even pay for the friend, the first session. So um, they talked to the friend and the friend contacted me and they got the session. Mm -hmm. So if you do feel like, you know, you have a friend that may be struggling in some areas and may need to talk to somebody and they can't, you know, and you don't feel like you have all the tools as a, as a friend to help them out, of course, mm-hmm. you know, push them in a direction or, or hope, you know, that they can get or find a counselor, therapist, that can help them through whatever. And you may have to spearhead that to help them out a little bit and say, hey, I've, I've come up with five people. You know, here's a list, you know, let me know what you think and we can make an appointment. I'll go with you, but be supportive mm-hmm. because they, their first reaction may be, no, I don't want to do it. I don't need to talk to anybody, but you know, sometimes we are our own um, worst enemies. Mm-hmm. So we have yeah. to be able to allow people to help us sometimes in our time of need. We can't see it every, you know, all the time. You're right. We can't get in our, in our own way. <laughs> When it comes to making progress, you're absolutely right. So I'm I'm curious about starting point. Um, so how did this happen? What what was your inspiration around um, creating your own private practice? Um, all right, I'll give you the short version. Oh, so <laughs> when I was when I was <laughs> when I was in grad school, I never honestly thought that I would go into private practice. I just figured I'd work, you know, for somebody, work for agency, whatever, you know, I just figured I'd be working for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, st- I did my internship and I did it at a place, this is when I was living in Atlanta. I did it at a place that I thought I wanted to work with kids and it was more like I, I worked at a summer program and I felt like I was babysitting and it just wasn't really therapeutic involved there. Um, so I said, you know what, that was kind of like a, I w- Three months had passed, and I wasn't anywhere I needed to be to, you know, finish my rotations as far as graduating, so I had to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I went to a private practice and worked for um, one of the best women I've ever met in my life, Miss mm-hmm. um, Laverne Stevens, and uh, she had her private practice, and it was doing well, and I just, she showed me the ropes, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love this. Like, I love coming in at, you know, 10 o'clock. <laughs> and, or 12 o'clock and you know kind of you know it's being my own boss and right. you know that was something that it, it it sparked my interest so quick so then fast forward I moved to Florida 
um, got down to Florida and working in a bunch of, you know, the treatment centers and, you know, the, the, the way things are down here in Florida is, you know, they, they shut down, people buy them out, they, you know, you know there's just a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't really know what's going on day to day a lot of times in a lot of these treatment centers because they're not all replicable. So uh-huh. this particular treatment center I was working for, they came, they had new owners, they came in, they wanted to redo the whole staff, so they kind of let me go. So at that point, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I talked to a couple colleagues, and I was like, you know, I'm going to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I just hit the road, hit the ground running. And I haven't looked back. Actually, um, January be three years that I've wow. been in private practice. It doesn't even feel like that long. Wow. But Congratulations. You know, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm the type of person where I, when I want something, I get tunnel vision on it. And, and I'm very passionate about helping people. And I was like, this is probably the best way for me to be able to help the people that, you know, help people the best way because I can actually see them make progress versus, like I said, you know, I, prior, I've worked all over in mm-hmm. uh, mental health and social services. Most recently, I was at a psychiatric hospital, but it was an acute. So they would come in and be gone in like three days, five days. Mm-hmm. And you really, can't do therapy there so I, I wanted to be in a position where I can actually see people grow mm-hmm. and see the progress they make and you know that's what I'm passionate about mm-hmm. so and and you know I have bigger bigger plans but this is just the tip of the iceberg for me as far as with private practice now see now that you said that I'm curious what what's going on where where is the future uh lying for a starting point um it lies where I want to grow my practice, of course. Um, and I want to do, of course, I always want to be a therapist. I, first and foremost, a therapist. Right. But I also want to do speaking engagements. I want to, you know, get out of Florida, get out of the community and, and get in different communities, you know, African-American communities and kind of just educating people about what therapy is and, and, and different roles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want to be isolated to private practice. I want to do more outside of the private practice there. I want to, you know, supervise people. I want right. to um, help the next generation coming behind me. I'm looking to, you know, adjunct teach here and there. So, you know, I have, a, like, I have some plans and things are starting to come into fruition as, you know, time goes and just make connections with other people mm-hmm. and whether that's, in the mental health arena or just other, you know, um, occupations. So, you know, I just want to be like that guy that for one, when, when you're in South Florida and Palm Beach County and they say, Oh, I need a therapist. I know one. Like I want to be that guy that's in that top five that say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I know one for you. And eventually, you know, get my name out there enough to where people are calling me saying, Hey, we want you to come speak at this national convention or we want you to come speak for on this. There you go. So that, you know, so I'm trying. I'm trying I, as hard as I can well to get where I want to go. And I, and I know I'm going to get there. Yeah, you sure will. See, I'm, I'm, I'm on here, right? Yeah. Oh, oh look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it has been, um, you have been awesome. And it has been a complete pleasure. Um, and I have a thousand more questions, but I know um, time is money. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap it up, but yeah, I right. do want to ask you, um, before yes. we conclude, how do you mind your black business? Oh man, good question. Um, 
I mind my black business by taking care of myself first and foremost. You know, I if I'm not mentally, spiritually well, mm-hmm. how can I expect me to go out and try to help other people get to where they want to go? So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very very big on self care, mm-hmm. which consists of working out at least five times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spending time with my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. and uh, family and just relaxing, you know, meeting people in the community, finding out how I can better serve the community mm-hmm. um, in any capacity. And again, just really just making sure I take care of myself. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, that's the best way I can put it. I got, I have to take care of myself because mm-hmm. if I don't, I'll be burnt out and I won't want to do this anymore. Damn. So I just have to continue to take care of myself. Well, I can try to help take care of others. Yep. That's it. Cause we need you. So I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> no problem. Well, Monty, this has been wonderful. And I know that the people have learned a lot because I've learned a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be bugging you later because I still have all these questions. Uh, <laughs> so that we can figure out a way to continue to have this conversation about black men in therapy and black male therapists so that's a whole nother piece um, but yeah thank you for stopping by the podcast this has been a real pleasure no problem thank you for having me and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future absolutely want to know more and you like what you heard don't forget to like subscribe and comment on the podcast also follow the movement on our website mindingmyblackbusiness.com and on our facebook and instagram pages under minding my black business and on twitter under minding my black biz so peace and blessings to us all family and when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing let them know that you're minding my black business.